Hey, what's going on? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about all kinds of things in the world of pop culture. Uh, first off, right out of the gate, just want to encourage you to like and subscribe if you are enjoying the podcast and please share with your friends. Uh, you can hear us anywhere where you're streaming your audio podcast and you can watch us on our YouTube channel at the Rockman Power Hour. Uh, also, a big thanks to our sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, this is their scorpion hot sauce, which uh, falls pretty high on their hot meter. And yes, that's what's really, really cool about these guys that on the back of every bottle, you've got a hot meter that'll tell you exactly what you're getting yourself into. So if you've never tried them, it's heartbeathotsauce.com. And if you use my promo code Rockman20, you'll get 20% off your entire order. And that promo code does not expire. So use it at will. It's uh, a great, great product that we absolutely love here on the podcast. And also a big thanks to our clothing sponsor, Studio House Designs, who always hook us up with the coolest stuff. Uh, this is their new Clockwork Orange shirt, which I'm really, really loving. So make sure you check them out. They've got drops a couple of times a month, and they've just got the best, best shirts when it comes to uh, movies and all pop culture. They've just got it on lock. So check out studiohousedesigns.com. Going to bring in my co-host, Ryan Stick. Ryan, what's going on, my man? Oh, you're stacking it up. Yeah, I'm rocking the slacker pack from Studio House Designs. You know, this would make a great Christmas present for a lot of people, and it seems to be the season. So yes. hot sauce and t-shirts, nothing says love, like uh, looking good and tasting well. I don't know. Spicy. Yeah, <laughs> tasting spicy and looking good. Uh, we've got a uh, we've got a really cool guy on the podcast this week. Um, I'm excited to uh, to to have him on. I'm excited that he accepted to be on. I got a chance to interview him at Oceaga, which is a festival here in Montreal. If you're not familiar with it, uh, probably five years ago, and I really really liked his energy. I've been following his career for quite a while, as you know, Ryan. I'm a big big fan of hip hop, and uh, my problem in hip hop today is there's just not enough stuff out there uh, that leans on, uh, on the fundamentals of hip hop in my humble opinion, which is, um, lyrical, uh, prowess and flow. And, uh, this guy has that in spades. He's a really, really, really talented rapper. Um, and his name is Denzel Curry. Uh, I've loved following his career and, um, he's, he's, he's a really, really interesting guy. Um, he's young. He's like, he's only 27 and, uh, and he's, just talented man really really talented and uh, i've seen him command an audience he he know he knows what he's doing on stage he's also got a, a big big love for all things pop culture so we dip on that a little bit he's also a, a combat sports fan and we talk about that in the conversation as well and um and i encourage you to check out his new album melt my eyes see your future it's great there's two versions of the album there's the original version and then there's a full version with a live band uh, that he did. So he re-recorded the album with a live band as well. So um, just an ambitious guy. I, I love this guy in terms of his his artistry and uh, and the way he thinks. And I think people are going to enjoy this. So without any further ado, Ryan, check out our conversation with Denzel Curry. All right. There he is. <laughs> hey. You're definitely having a better hair day than me. Well, I'm looking out here. The way it is. <laughs> what do you got there? Look like you had a wrestler with you. Is that a wrestling pillow? Uh, nah. I mean, I got a uh, Nate Diaz kind of. Pillow. Oh, nice! I love Nate. <laughs> yeah, Nate Diaz is the shit. I got Nate Diaz, and I got Zangief from Street Fighter. Oh, nice. Well, I think that's one of the things I like about you, and, and we chatted once before at Oceaga. I don't know if you remember. Um, that was years ago. That was like, yeah, back in 2019. 
And uh, and I remember I remember right off the bat, I I could tell you were a bit of a, a bit of a geek and a bit of a nerd. Um, and I'm right there with you. Hey man, don't call me a geek. I can't I can't have that shit spread around. Nerd, maybe geek. Hell no. <laughs> well, when I was young, okay, I'm 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 51. So when I was young, you know, if you read comic books, if you were into sci-fi, if you're into any of that, you were you were a nerd or you were a geek. And now it seems like we've risen and we've taken over the world. And now everything in pop culture is all from our passion. So it's just great to see um, people embracing that now and it not being, you know, it not being a, a taboo word anymore. So we won't call you a, a nerd or we'll call you a nerd or a geek or well, how about we just call you something? Just call nerd. me Denzel. How about, how about that? Bye. So, so, so right off the bat, um, I wanted to thank you for coming today and spending some time and chatting. Um, I've been watching you from the sidelines for for a while now, and um, it just never ceases to amaze me how you'll you'll pivot. You'll just when people think they have you figured out, you'll go in a completely different direction, and then you'll raise the bar. Um, you know, you did it with Unlocked. Uh, you went somewhere completely different when you and Kenny Beats co- collabed, and and you did some really cool stuff, and then you push it again with Unlocked. You know, one point five, change it up a bit, and then you deliver um, this record. Uh, which just the bare version of it, melt my eyes. I loved, and then there's this other version of it that is just another level of musical. So how? How? First of all, where do you get that inspiration to not only create something, but then say I want to even push it further once it's existed in the world? Well, I really got the inspiration from just uh, boredom, pretty much. Like <laughs> when it came down to me doing what I got to do the music and everything it all stemmed from boredom i just don't want to be bored with the music right. and i certainly don't want anybody else to be bored with the music and if they are that means i gotta switch up the style and keep doing what i gotta do you know that's where i pretty much get the inspiration from and then i just draw inspiration from the stuff i actually like or what i'm actually into at that time sure and i just put it into into the um music and the creativity around it yeah because with with melt my eyes you know there there's all the all the structure all the song structure and all uh, you know all all the verses and every, everything you're spitting is all there but then there's a whole other level with this you know the cold-blooded soul version as they say uh i just think that that th- there's a whole musicality to that now how much input do you have to that or do you have collaborators that come in for that uh um when it came down to the idea for the cold-blooded soul band version like yeah after seeing our work on Tiny Desk and Jimmy Fallon and we were just doing one or two rehearsals, I was thinking to myself, like, man, what if I made a jazz version of the album, you know, and it was supposed to be an idea for later on down the line. And and when it came down to the deluxe, you know, it was just one of those things like, hey, look, why don't we just do the idea that you said before, but it's just pushed up a little bit earlier. You get me? Yeah. And that's how I'm just coming up with the uh, the extended version as opposed to just making a deluxe with tracks that they never heard before. I mean, you do get two tracks that you never heard before, which is Larger Than Life, which was produced by Kenny Beats. Yep. And you have uh, Chrome Hearts, which was produced by Sakari um, and Aaron Bow. As a, as a casual listener, you know, you hear there's, these are like, it, it goes in a completely different space when you guys have all that musicality on the record, it just changes the whole feel of the record. And I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday um, who's also a hip hop fan. And we were saying, you know, I'm going to be talking to Denzel tomorrow. And he's like, I can't believe this version of the record. He goes, I think I like it more than the original version. 
And yeah. which is great because a lot of the time, you know, someone will just throw out a remix record and it's like, yeah, you know, it's just something lazy. It's something to carry over between two records. But with you, it never feels like that. Yeah, nah, I don't want it to feel like that, especially with the next stuff, because I don't want it to be like a thing where I'm just giving out half-assed work. I actually want to dive deep into like what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, you know? The other thing I, I appreciate, and again, because of my age and because of the era that I grew up, I mean, you know, I did grow up in that golden era of hip hop when it was just starting and it was in its infancy. You're nothing like your peers. You're like an old soul. And I think if I was a young hip hop artist and you were on the scene, I'd be scared. Oh man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you're one of those guys, you're one of those guys that will that will come up in a scene and there's always a few of them in 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 a scene or in an era of of music that are kind of outside. You know, like I remember in the 90s it was it was a tribe called Quest. Um, you know, there was De La Soul. Like there were these guys that were just a little bit on the fringe, but you were kind of scared of them. Same thing, you know, in the early 80s with Rakim. Um, you know, I, I Guys were scared of rock him. And there was a lot of yeah. guys that were dialing it I in. Mean, but like just look how people was rapping, like how Run DMC was rapping back in the day. And then when Rock Him steps on the scene with like actual like nice lyricism over these dope ass beats, like of course you'll be scared. Like yeah. you never seen some the caliber of MC come out and he ended up evolving the game. If it wasn't for people like Rock Him, we wouldn't have lyricists out to this day. He was kind of like the godfather of that. Like we wouldn't have Nas if it wasn't for Rock Him. Yeah. Favorite MC of all time is Rakim. I mean, hands down, he's 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 the god MC. Uh, so obviously, you growing up, who was the person that introduced you to that stuff? Uh, my parents and my brothers. Like, but the thing with the music that I came up on, my dad was playing uh, Public Enemy and stuff like that. When it came down to rap, Public Enemy, my grandmother was playing Tupac. My mom was playing like you know, it was all different everything was like different back in the day so my dad used to always like hot 105 yeah and then there's like the segment called quiet storm and yep. they'll play nothing but like Sade records and jazz records and norman brown and isaac hayes and um uh what do they call it uh smoky robinson so I, that's where a lot of the jazz influence came out like from my dad and the shit my right. grandmother which was living with us at the time she was playing like ike and tina turner yeah and was play those records and she was a big friend, like God rest her soul, but she was a big fan of uh, Narls Barkley. Mm. So I was able to listen to the Narls Barkley album at a very young age in middle school because she used to drop us off in middle school. And she loved the song Crazy so much. My mom bought her the album and we played it for her. And I just remember her reaction. And she was like, oh, you got me to see it? Like, it was just like, she really loved that um that album. And I fell in love with that album just because she would play it every day. And, and it's cool because, you know, all the, all those artists you're talking about were all unique in their genre for their time. And, uh, it, it's, it's great because I, there are certain, you know, there are certain shots of it right now that you'll feel like, you know, when, when Anderson Pack first started, I felt that I felt like he was one of those guys. He's a little bit on the outside. He was doing stuff that harkened back to, you know, stuff that I grew up on, but it's just, it's nice to see that that influence is still being felt and when you have someone like yourself who's coming up you're carrying that flag for for artists like that so congrats on that well thank you and also just to put it in perspective food and liquor from lupe fiasco and the cool were the yep. first two albums i replied and then yep. kid cuddy's man on the moon yep. was the, um, the album i bought as well yeah wow the cool is uh you know I'll, i i got to see him live on that album uh when he was touring it was it was kanye west rihanna 
NERD and Lupe Fiasco on the cool, and that was probably oh, the, that's the glow in the dark tour. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty good tour back in the oh, back in the old days when things were a little simpler. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, a friend of mine works with the Nova Twins. Uh, she does a lot of PR for them in Canada. So I was kind of hip to them. Been hip to them for a little while. Um. Just recently, they were talking about a collab that they did with you, and I want to know a bit about that. Uh. Nah. I can't say. <laughs> But but okay, you don't have to go into too much detail. But but you did do some collaboration with them, right? Well, I wouldn't say collaboration, but we've been in talks about collaborating in a very different way. Okay, not in the way that you would think, you know. Right. But I want, but I hit them about being a part of something that later on down the line, you guys are gonna be like, holy shit! Like, okay, you know? well, which is which you're which is what you're good at doing. You're good at making people go, holy shit. That's exactly what this whole chat was about at the beginning. So when I heard that you were, and that, you know, it was from their mouths. Um, they were saying that, you know, there, there's something that will be coming with, with, uh, with you. And they also, so, yeah. they, they, they did mention that there was going to be a collaboration with you, um, at, uh, they had just finished playing at Reading and they said, we're going to be doing something with Denzel. So yeah, you're right. yeah. it's not going to be the collaboration that you think is going to be, it's okay. going to be something like that's right. going to blow your mind and be like, oh shit, but there's music still involved. Okay. Okay. Good. So, um, for you, collaborations are important, right? Cause I know when we originally first spoke, um, you had done some stuff with the bad brains. Uh, a lot of people were trying to get you to do more hardcore and more like rock. Are you open to collaborations? Are you open to suggestions for collaboration? Yeah. But the people I want to collab with got to be bigger than me. Okay. And like, I want to collab with a billionaire. Like I want to collab with Jay-Z and shit. And, and as you should. Um, but one of the bands I think you need to collaborate with is Zarface. Mm-hmm. Sarface, as an Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck, you need because I mean they do lunch boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and but they honest- actually had a record with Doom. I feel like Sars Face is like Inspector Deck's like crazy comeback. Right, right, and 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 it's funny because I, I again I know the Zarface guys, and I was mentioning to them that uh, I would be chatting with you today, and they're like, we got to collab with Denzel. So I would be a horrible friend if I didn't put it out there in the universe to let you know that they would love to do something with you. Well, I'm a super big Wu Tang fan, and on top of that, I got to get more into Sarface, but yeah, I like what Inspector Deck was doing back in the day. Like yeah. I rip it hardcore, like porno flick bitches. I yeah. roll with true ghetto bastards from biscuits, like you know. That's one of my favorite verses. So basically, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on in their music is very much in, um, in, in the, uh, the nerdy stuff and in, in, you know, comic books and, and sci-fi and a lot of references. Like, so definitely, definitely check them out. I could see something happen with you guys. Your performances are crazy. Um, Oceaga was the last time I saw you, uh, you rip the place down. Are you still having fun on the road? And obviously it's a different world now. I mean, we went through a pandemic, came out of it. Now people are back at shows. Are you uh, are you still enjoying it when you're out there live? I mean, it's work. The job is a job, but I do have fun with my job. It's an hour of work, and you know, I go home, go do what I have to do. You know, shower up. But yeah, majority of the time, I do like it. I just wish when it comes down to my job, I think it's how can I put it in those terms? Like when I'm traveling, right? Like I don't think touring, you know, should be the only way I should travel. I should travel out of leisure as well. Like it sure. just made me real. Like, oh, I travel for work a lot and I do be in some amazing places for Vic, like just to chill out for those few days and then I work again. But other than that, I'm like, man, I could be spending time in these places, you yeah. know? Well, it's kind of like going to, uh, it's kind of like a tasting menu, right? You get to try these places and go, hey, I'm going to come back to this place one time, spend a bit more time maybe. Yeah. And not, not to, um, not to work, just to hang out. 
but when you when it comes to to actually touring, are there certain spots that you just love to hit that you know when you're when you see it on the itinerary, you're like, oh, this is going to be nuts. Oh yeah, London, yeah, uh, Manchester, definitely Germany. Doesn't matter where in Germany, just Germany just goes off. Paris, of course. Yeah, Amsterdam, Tilburg, you know, goes crazy. Everywhere that I went, Toronto, Canada, Montreal, what else, man? I want to go back to Ottawa. Ottawa was dope when I went there. Oh, for the Ottawa Blues Fest. Yeah. Yeah. But no, nah, just like, just, no, nah, I went to Ottawa, Ottawa like one time. Okay. But I'm definitely down to go back. And I've been to, uh, what do they call it, Quebec, Quebec City? Yep. Fest for Festival d'Ete de Quebec. Yeah. For fact, that's a big one. Yeah, I did that. And that was pretty tight as well. I had some friends there. Yeah, everywhere that I've been to has been nice. It's been super cool. Even the Czech Republic. Like, everywhere has just been pretty cool. But other than that, like, I'm just excited just to travel, period. Where would you want to play that you haven't played? Africa. Africa. I want to go back to uh, New Zealand, uh, down under, like the whole down under. Japan, I want to go there. Uh, Singapore, I haven't been to Singapore. I'll go back to Hong Kong. Yeah. You, have you played Japan? Yeah, I played Japan before. How was that? Because that's been that's on my bucket list to go to. Just as a, just as someone who's into, you know, I'm into art toys. I'm into so many things. Uh, it must be it must be heaven, right? Yeah, nah, it's like the future. Like yeah. I went there, had so much fun. The one thing I want to do, I want to catch a K1 uh, fight there. I want to go to a K1 match there. Okay, if they have one, there, you know. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned when we, when we got on, you had a, a Nick Diaz pillow. Um, I'm, you know, I'm from Montreal, home of George St. Pierre. Uh, we, I just spent yeah, some time GSP. with, yeah, I just spent some time with GSP. He was a guest at one of our comic cons. Uh, I actually got a replica belt <laughs> that he signed, which is dope. But for you right now, um, who's your favorite fighter in the UFC? Peter Young. Really? Why? Tell me. Peter Young. Very technical. His Muay Thai, very nice. And he look like he doesn't take any shit. Yeah. Um, we're going to watch tomorrow uh every person that he's fought has has a substantial amount of like good as fights and ko's and very technical as well so you know of course you got to be really good and really tricky in order to beat those kind of people like he beat jose aldo yeah uh, he also uh beat Corey sanhagen which was an amazing fight for both fighters like the Aljamain sterling one he was winning the first one he lost he lost the second one but it wasn't like it went the distance but at the same time Props to Aljo Sterling, yeah. but at the, you know, but Peter is just that guy. Like he's just he's it. You feel me? And I'm not gonna talk smack on Aljermaine Sterling because he goes to Henzo Gracie. So I fuck with Aljermaine. Peter is just so technical with his Muay Thai and his boxing, yeah. And the incorporation, like how he incorporate wrestling with all of that, and it's cool. And he's a smaller guy. That's why I really like him though. Like you've seen him from when he was just whooping regular people to really good people. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it really is one of the most exciting sports to follow, and and I think the fact that anything can happen, you never know. I mean, you you'd be watching, you're like, oh, this is a shoe in, and it's like, no, it just changes. <laughs> it can change in a second. And I think it's the one of the most realist sports in the world when it comes to especially contact sports, because you can't play you can't play fighting, you know. No, you can play football, but you can't play. Fighting. No, you can't at all. <laughs> it's have you ever been been to a live UFC fight? Yeah, three times. It's amazing. The first right? one. Yeah, the first one I went to, that was the first time I seen uh who's the one that talked too much? Uh Kevin Holland. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Holland. I seen him fight Tiago Santos. Okay. That was my first time seeing a UFC fight in person. So it was Cody Galbrandt and TJ Dillashaw fighting. 
This was uh, Mighty Mouse's, I think, last fight in the UFC. I've seen Mighty Mouse fight live. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. He was fighting uh, Henry Cejudo. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think that was their second matchup as well. So we're watching that and we're just like, oh shit, we seen Cubs wants to get like choked out and he's actually from Southern California. Right. That was like a crazy fight. Me and my girl went. It was like a really crazy fight. So we're watching that whole thing and we seen Kevin Holland come out and we're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, we like him. He came out the Drake and shit. Yeah. Man, we see fucking Tiago Santos comes out and he we're just like, oh shit. He's from Brazil. Oh shit. He took his shirt off and we seen a hammer and it said Marata. He yeah. was like, oh shit. Like, he was like, oh yeah, he's winning. Uh, I guess for you being, being such a fan of UFC, you, you'd probably be pretty happy if someone walked out to one of your songs, right? Hell yeah. That, I think it happened with somebody. Um, actually Cyril Gunn was training to a song I was on. Okay. He was training to Poison Clan and then yep. my manager like, yeah, this UFC fighter was training to your shit, training to Poison Clan with Yuse and um and, and Anonymous. I was like, oh, who was it? Who's the UFC fighter? I'm a big fan, so I, I would know. Yeah. He showed me the um Instagram and I was like, oh shit, that's Cyril Gunn. And <laughs> sure enough, me and Cyril Gunn ended up following each other. So it was cool. Um, I was in California for it was the one of the craziest weekends of my life. I went for the Conjuring Two junket. Um, I went for a Prophets of Rage show, um, oh. their second show that they played at the Palladium, and that same weekend was UFC 199, and I saw Michael Bisbing win his belt against Luke Rockhold, and it was one of the coolest Ooh. things I've ever seen because no one expected Bisbing to win. You know? Yeah, Luke Rockhold is a really good kickboxer. Amazing, like, really Amazing. good. And just to see Bisbing, um, you know, and that was when I realized that anything can happen in the UFC. I mean, no one thought Bisbing was going to win that. And when he did, it was like, it was just bananas. He didn't keep his belt for long, but it was still cool to see him finally get one. Yeah. That's like, uh, that what recently just happened with, uh, uh, Leon Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. That, that was, that kick was like, what I, I, I you know, you're, we was already tuned out the fight yeah. and then, you know, <laughs> boom, we was yeah. like, what? Yeah. It was crazy. I was pretty sure that that was done. And then that kick, and it just shows you the repetition. What was great was when they went back and they showed the footage of him doing that combination with his coach. And it was just the repetition, the repetition, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's crazy. Um, for you, uh, you know, you're, you're somebody that really, and again, I, I said it, you know, throughout this interview, your, your lyrical prowess is pretty impressive. Is there a lot of preparation for you in terms of Get, like getting ready for a show once you commit stuff to memory um do you rehearse a lot uh yeah we rehearse before we go out yeah that, that does everything else becomes muscle memory right. and then throughout the tour we figure out what works and what doesn't work and then we just switch it out the best way we can cool listen man um i appreciate you taking the time to chat today um good to catch up and i'm glad to see that you love ufc that's it's to me that's it doesn't surprise me because most people that are that are pretty focused on music and that understand strategy are usually mixed martial arts fans. And yeah. you seem to be, you seem to be both. Yeah. I'm a mixed martial arts fan. I've been doing Muay Thai for five years. There you go. Like I literally um came from a sparring session today. So, so, and it's crazy when you actually do, like I boxed for a while and I had one amateur fight. I'll never do it again. Cause I realized when I was in the ring that it's one thing to spar, but to actually try to hit someone in the face. Like I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I just, I looked at the guy and he's, his face was in his little, you know, he's in that little practice thing. And I was just like, I don't want to hurt you, <laughs> but there's something that switches off in real fighters heads that you, I, I get it, you know? And I, I don't, I don't have that. 
<laughs> yeah. Nah, I, my homie was trying to convince me to... He's an actor, by the way. He was in the movie uh, uh, Reminiscent with Hugh Jackman. He's yep. also in... Um, he's in C. Also, okay. he did Raging Bull. Okay. When, yeah. Uh, so I was talking to him because I was sparring him today and he had mad scripts to uh, read. We was talking and he's like, yo, why are you not competing? And I'm just like... You know, I just want to be good for no reason. And he's like, bro, you definitely should compete, bro. Like, you've been doing this long enough. You, Like, you know, how old are you now? And I was like, I'm 27. He was like, at 29, fight somebody. Okay. So is that something that you might see on the horizon? You might or you might not. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on what it is. I don't know. I personally think as an artist, you should save yourself. You're, you're going to do a lot more to the world by uh, by making music than getting hurt. <laughs> Yeah, but I like the fact I, I get hurt within the shit anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Plus, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I mean, but it is there is something about doing a fight and preparing for it. Like I did it. I cut weight and everything. It was it was fun. It was for charity and we raised money and it was a it was an amazing experience. But um, yeah, we did it for charity. I, I fought another uh, radio host. Oh shit! What, <laughs> yeah. did, what did they prepare to fight? Oh yeah, we both did. Yeah, we both like it was like we did the trash talk. We did everything. We did a press conference. It was a lot of fun. But um. Oh. But, but I'll tell you, man, after that, I was like, you can't go back to just training after you've done that. You either go, you either continue or you don't. And that's what I've talked to everybody that said, once you've had one amateur fight, you either continue with it or you realize it just might not be for you. And I realized it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I mean, with that, I I just watch fighters in the gym. I will be on par with each other. Everything will be super super nice you know what i'm saying yeah the moment they do a fight camp and then they do the fight and they come back you're, you're like they're a totally different beast yeah they don't they don't care about an ass whooping they're good yeah yeah and yeah. It's, and you just be like fuck man these guys are fucking good <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? yeah no i hear you uh thanks again for taking the time man i really appreciate it and uh and again Zarface, that could i could i don't know why i just see it happening i think you you guys would make something really special i wouldn't put it past it because they did shit with Doom, so I wouldn't go back. And yeah. as a legend, anyway. So, well, if 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 anything in the universe I can help to make it happen, just let me know. Ola knows how to get me. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See, this is what I like about podcasts is that when you're on a junket and you've done many junkets, it's kind of like you know you have five minutes to get your your word in, sometimes three minutes. Uh, and when you have a, like a long form conversation like this, like I don't think you expected to talk about UFC as much with this person when you first started the no. interview, correct? No, yeah. not at all. I mean, I, and and then I found out, you know, that he does jujitsu and stuff, and and I was just like, oh, okay, this guy, this guy, there's a lot of sides to him. So, um, yeah, I know it was great. It was really, really fun conversation. Definitely, it's kind of cool though because you're, you know, you're you're some years older than him, and a few of the concerts that you know are historic to him, you were able to see you know you're in yeah. that that uh that time of your life where you're able to see all that kind of stuff and it, it i've had that conversation i've talked to people who have seen motley crew at the whiskey you know yeah They're like yeah, yeah it was just a saturday you know to me i'm like oh my god motley crew the whiskey 1982 so it's uh it's it's, it's pretty cool that that can happen well and yeah and, and it's and you know when you it's nice when you've get when you have old older people that still have a passion for what they do um hmm. and the other day I was on this, um, on this call with a bunch of, uh, with a bunch of people that were, um, well, I, 
we were discussing metal music and uh, one of the guys was Stefan Giroux, who a lot of people know Montreal as a CTV news reporter, but he's also a big metal head. Uh, and he was, we were going around introducing ourselves and, and Stefan said, well, I'm, I'm, you might know me as a, a re- reporter, but I'm also a massive metal head. Uh, and my, you know, one of my earliest metal shows was Iron Maiden at club Montreal in 1981 in front of 600 <laughs> people. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, the real deal. You know what I mean? So yeah, when you have these kind of OGs as you, as you like to call them, or at least I like to call them, um, of, of any kind of scene or, or people that just been around, but they're still passionate and still willing to share those, those, those stories with younger people. It's just fun to see the energy, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, Denzel's Denzel's one of these guys you definitely need to watch out for. Um, he's, he's already making a huge impact and, uh, and I love when he, you know, I was mentioning to him who I think he should collaborate with Zarface. <laughs> and, and then he was like, Oh yeah, Inspector Deck, I'm going to check them out because, um, I just, I just see him doing a lot of stuff with a lot of people. And, you know, he's already been on tour with the who's who in hip hop and even Billie Eilish took him out on tour. So who's one of the biggest artists in the artists in the world right now. So there, there's a, yeah. definitely a bright, bright future for him. You know, what's, you know, what's really cool about Billie Eilish is that She's like the one defining artist that a lot of young kids could say, like, this is our generation. This is our music. And old people like me are just kind of like, I totally see it. That yeah, no, awesome. definitely. I, I, I like you're, her you're a lot. Awesome. It's great. Good for you, kids. <laughs> right on. Exactly. Yeah, you, <laughs> you picked a good usually one. Usually it's like, oh, God, not this garbage. When Billy Ash comes on, you're like, oh, no, that's actually pretty. It's pretty fucking rad, actually. So, uh, yeah, good. Good for you, kids. Yeah. Why do no, you have I, one of these? <laughs> my, my daughter, as you know, she, she's got, you know, she's 15 and she's got incredible music taste and she's always turning me on to new stuff. And she, you know, she turned me on to Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, she turned mm. me on to Mitski. She turned me on to Claro, all these really, really mm. great artists that I would never have really heard if it wasn't for her. So um, it's yeah. very easy to, as you get older, to fall into that old guy, like, oh man. Uh, you just got to listen to my exactly you got angry guys yeah. screaming at a cloud. I know quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I scream at an iCloud these days, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but I just I I I'm I never want to lose my my love and my passion for music and for discovering new stuff. And I never want to be that old guy that's just like, yeah, this sucks. My stuff was better because the reality <laughs> is there's always going to be great musicians that are um, that are out there creating that are younger and that and that have this energy. But he reminds me of um, of of the stuff that I kind of grew up on and, uh, and he's got, I mean, look, look, the guy's just, he's talented, talented, talented. I listen to his stuff all the time. So it was really, really fun to have him on the podcast. Um, Excellent. Ryan, we're heading into December. Um, we've got somebody really, really cool next week on the show. Uh, I've, I've been following him for a long, long time and there's a lot of personal connection with me and this guest through, people that I know. Um, but really personal stuff that we're, we're going to talk about in next year's uh, next week's episode. And I don't want to give anything away, but, um, if you're a fan of Godsmack and you're a fan of the band, Amen, Rothschild, America, souls of mischief. Um, this guy's joining us next week. Um, and he's a badass drummer's named Shannon Larkin from Godsmack. And, uh, you don't want to give anything away. (laughs) I just don't give anything away. But there's this clown named but, Ronald who wears yellow and works at McDonald's. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm the worst at keeping surprised. Anyways, and then after that, we're heading right into December. And um, I think we're going we're gonna to make December all about Christmas. So oh, yeah. um, we might flip the script a little bit in December and just talk about presents and talk about you know old Christmas stories. Maybe bring some guests. I, I was talking to this guy um, who usually likes to spend Christmas in Hollis. 
And mm. he was mentioning he'd love to come on and talk to us about Christmas. So, oh, uh, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff coming up in December. And then, uh, and, and again, we have to acknowledge the fact that we just celebrated our year doing this. Um, so, um, yeah. yay us. <laughs> it's, it's been a year that we've been doing the podcast. Can you believe that? You're like, yeah, uh, I can believe it. <laughs> yeah, I I attribute the first six months to this under my eyes and the second months to this. No, I'm kidding. This is the best part of my week. Are you kidding? Rockman Power. Well, I can tell you what really, really helps bags, under yeah. eye bags, heartbeat mm. hot sauce. I mean, listen, dude. I know. I pour hot sauce on my eyes and my, like, not just in my mouth. Sometimes I miss and I'm so glad I did. Kids, none of this is true, but um, <laughs> yeah. People use eye cream. I use a little bit of scorpion underneath the eyes. It just burns away any of those puffy cells better than hemorrhoid cream. I mean, I'm telling really you. It really wakes stuff, you up in the morning. <laughs> it really, really gives me that extra glow. So heartbeat hot sauce. Uh, definitely check them out. Uh, friends of the podcast. And no, don't it put it. It feels like Justin Poirier is actually punching you in the eye from the pain you'll oh. feel by pouring hot sauce directly into your pupils. And let's give Dustin Poirier a big, big shout out. Um, Take out Michael Chandler in the second round in New York City at UFC 281 uh, and just proving to everyone how much of a badass he is. Chandler, if you don't know, Ryan, if you weren't following UFC, he was someone who- He lived with Joey on Friends. No, he didn't live with Joey on Friends. (laughs) But he he came into the league and uh, everyone was like, oh man, this guy is just going to take everyone- down mm. and uh a lot of people thought he was going to make light work of dustin and dustin did just took him i mean choked him out and it was great so mm. um i'm looking forward to uh to see more of his fights and uh and you can get his hot sauces which are through heartbeat hot sauce so go check them out awesome. um studio house designs thank you so much again uh love these guys and you can uh, get more information on them at studiohousedesigns.com. Uh, I believe coming up this Friday, like a lot of people, they're going to have a big black Friday sale. So keep that on the old radar because, uh, Friday, uh, black Friday sale at studio house designs. And, uh, our thanks to you, Ryan, my co-host and, uh, my, uh, my partner in crime and to our producer, Julia Kajerski and to all of you, please like subscribe, uh, tell your friends all about the podcast and leave comments in the comment section if you're on YouTube or send us an email or through our socials. We're really, really happy to hear any suggestions you have for guests to be on the podcast in the next year. Um, we're, we're open to anybody be coming on here that's interesting that you'd like to see us um, talk to. So please, we'd love to hear from you when it comes to guests. And we'll see you next week on the Rockman Power Hour.